Go ahead and take your Bibles today. You are not going to believe where I got my, this message is from today. First scripture we're going to be going to is Psalms or Proverbs chapter eleven. I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter eleven. But as I was preparing for this message, of course we're uh, continuing with our theme of a time to plant, and so I started uh, noticing different verses in the Bible, you know, that kind of you know talk about planting and things, and it uses that description a lot. And so I started to put this outline together, and I wanted to talk about uh, you know how to have uh, a garden, I guess, physically, and compare it with spiritual things. But as I started studying for that, I was like, you know what? I've never planted a garden in my life. I'm not a farmer. I don't know that much about planting, and we've got people in the church that know about that stuff, and I wanted to make sure that I knew what I was talking about and I was given accurate information, especially when I'm talking about stuff like planting and things. So I went online and I just I looked up, I can't even remember what I searched exactly, but uh, something along the lines of planting, and I came across um, an article from Better Homes and Gardens. Alright, anybody subscribe to Better Homes and Gardens? You see that magazine around different places. I've always thought it was boring. I mean, I just, I never really cared about that kind of thing. But man, I'm telling you, I went and I found an article called 10 Steps to Better Gardening. And I started reading that and I got excited. I thought, man, alive, this is good stuff. I almost started saying amen reading that. And I went, and, I, and several of the points I had were in there, but there was all these other ones. I, you know, I don't know that much about gardening. I only had like three or four. Well, they had ten, and these were good. And I'm like, I'm just going to use that outline. And they wrote Better Homes and Garden. I don't know who it was that wrote this article. They pretty much wrote my message today. Now I've added some scripture in there. Uh, you know, we got got to have Bible uh, in any message that we have. I'm not just going to preach from a magazine. But I thought, man, this is this is good stuff. I've never. I don't think I'm going to subscribe to that magazine. I might get some more messages out of there. But uh, ten steps to a better garden. We're wanting to plant things in our life. We've been talking about reaping and sowing, and uh, we talked uh, the first week about reaping and sowing. Last week we talked about sowing bountifully. So we're trying to plant things. We're trying to plant things spiritually. We want to do good things on purpose so we can reap some good things. And so we're going to look at how we can have a better reaping in our physical garden. And the same things apply to us spiritually if we want to reap some good things as an individual and as a church. And the first step that we see in having a better garden, the first thing you need to do says get an idea. Is it going to be a vegetable garden, a herb garden, a flower garden? If you choose to grow flowers, do you want annuals which you must replant each year but which give color most of the summer? Do you prefer perennials which have a shorter bloom time but come back year after year? You can have any mix of the above. What do you want? What's your idea? Well, we want a garden here for souls. That's what we're interested in. We're wanting to win souls to Christ. Proverbs 11, chapter 30 says, The fruit of righteous is the tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Let me tell you, that it should always be one of the main focuses of this church is winning people to Christ. Seeing people get saved and give their heart. That's what we want to do here. We want to glorify God. We want to tell people about Jesus. We don't have a church just so we can have a place where we can come together and, and fellowship and have good friends and a good time even though we get those things. We're interested in seeing souls saved. We've got a whole world out there just full of lost people. 
I mean, they're on they're one breath away from going into an eternal lake of fire. I mean, it's it's that real. And we want to tell people about that. That's that's what we want. We want to win souls. That's what that's one of the main things that we want to do. We want a garden for souls. So then the next thing that we need to do, and a lot of this stuff we've already kind of started these things. We've already done those things. I know uh, you know, when the Lord put it in our heart to start a church out here, that was kind of the main thing we're thinking of. Hey, there's people out in Rock Falls area that need to get saved. There's people everywhere need to get saved, but the Lord laid this area. And so then you pick a place. That's the second thing. You pick a place. Almost all vegetables and most flowers need about six hours of full sun each day. Spend a day in your chosen spot and watch how the sun moves across the space. It might receive more sun than you think. And it goes on. That's kind of what we did here. I remember when we first came to this area, we're just driving around town, just looking around, thinking, all right, what's good, what would be a good place to start a church? And boy, we I remember looking at a lot of different places. We looked at some storefronts and we looked at other buildings that we thought we could convert into a church. But boy, let me tell you, when I remember when we found this place, there was a church building. Man, I got excited when and I told the story how the Lord worked it out where we could get this place. But that was important. That was that was one of the biggest things that I was worried about because I thought we got to get the place figured out. We've got to get a place lined up. We want to start passing out flyers. We want to start making preparations. We got to find a place. And you know what? We have a place here in this church to try to uh, to do all the things that is involved in in reaping and sowing. And so. We've already done that. We've picked the place. You know, it says in here, put the garden where you can't ignore its pleas for attention. Outside the back door, near the mailbox, by the window, you stare at when you're uh, when you dry your hair. Just some place. See, like you know, we're it's nice. We're kind of right in the middle of the town. We're around a lot of people. It's hard for people not to notice this church every day. There's all kinds of people, you know, coming by the school here. They, they they see the place. You know, there's some churches that are out there. And I, I'm going to be honest. I kind of like these places personally because I'm a country boy. I like the country. But you know, some churches I've been out driving some of these back roads, and you'll see like one of these just churches kind of out in the woods, and you're just like, how did how did these people ever get visitors? Because you can't even find these places. And a lot of times those churches, I'm not I'm not going to pick on any religions, but they usually are a certain religion that do that. And it's like they're trying to hide from everybody. It's like, hey, I don't mind being out in the open. I don't mind being where people can see me. I want them to be able to see our church. It's going to be hard for them to ignore it. It's hard for us to ignore it. It's right there. I'm thankful for that. We want a place that's close to a lot of people. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when He saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, He will send forth laborers into His harvest. Jesus was always going to where the people were at. He went into those multitudes. And you know, thankfully Jesus, while most of the time He did that, He would also go to the individuals like the woman at the well. He went out of the way to go through Samaria so He could win that woman at the well. And there was other people like that. But Jesus would go to where the people were at. And if we're going to be winning souls to Christ, we've got to go to the people. We need to get around as many as we can so we can tell them about Christ. We can tell them about our church. And we can try to... That's how we can grow. 
I mean, the more people we come in contact with, the more potential we have to be a blessing to more people, to tell more people about Christ. But the third thing, third step in beginning a garden, you need to clear the ground. You need to get rid of the sod covering the area you plan to plant. If you want quick results, you can dig it out, but it's easier and smoother. Uh, it's easier to smother it with newspaper. A layer of five sheets is usually thick enough. Double that if your lawn is Bermuda grass and it goes into some of these details. But you got to clear the ground. That you know, unfortunately, when it comes to sowing and reaping with vegetables, corn, whatever, it takes a lot of work, doesn't it? And when it comes to sowing and reaping spiritually, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to grow a church. It takes a lot of work to grow spiritually. All of that requires a lot of work, and you need to clear the ground. And one of the things, and it talks in here about how you know smothering things out with newspaper to try to. I don't totally understand how all that works, but um, it says if you don't want to wait, or if the area is covered with weeds such as creeping Charlie. You're better off digging the sod out. Sometimes you got to get some stuff out. You got to get some things out of the way. And if we're going to smother out the evil, uh, we need or we, there's or there's things we need to just smother out the evil, so we can grow good fruit for the glory of God. Hebrews chapter twelve verse one says, "Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us." And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. If we're going to grow spiritually in our life, if we're going to grow spiritually as a church, we've got to clear the ground out. Because you go out there, and you just if we just went and put some seeds out and just outside, right there in the grass, it's going to have a tough time growing because of all the other stuff that's out there. you got to... Get rid of everything else. You want really nothing there but the dirt. And uh, one of the things that we've got to do if we're going to grow spiritually, there are some things we've got to get rid of in our lives. I mean, there might be some bad habits that you need to get rid of. There might be some activities and things in your life that you need to get rid of. There's sin in your life that you need to get rid of. Now, I know people don't like hearing about that, but those same people are always wondering why they're never seeing any blessings. They always wonder why they're never reaping any good things. It's because if you don't clear the ground, then you're going to have problems with weeds. You're going to have problems with things growing that you don't want to grow. You've got to clear the ground. And there's sometimes we just need to go through in our lives and we just need to get rid of some things. I tell you, it'd be a good thing for some people maybe sometimes to go home and just start going through and maybe throwing some things in the trash can. Maybe some DVDs or CDs, some music that you've been listening to. I mean, just some junk that's in their house. And your people, they, their houses sometimes are just full of filth. I mean, just dirty movies, dirty music, dirty magazines. And they, they've got all this junk and they wonder why God's not blessing their lives. They wonder why they're not growing spiritually. I'm here to tell you, it's not going to happen with all that other junk in there. You've got to clear it out. Clear the ground. Not a popular thing, but absolutely necessary. And it is a lot of work. I don't know if I could give those up. Well, you got to take your choice. Do you want to grow for the Lord? Do you want to reap some good things? You're going to have to do the work. That's the thing I hate the most about gardening. You know, planting, if it was just planting seeds, I'd be all for it. But unfortunately, you know what you have to do? You got to go and pull weeds all the time. You know, you go and you plant vegetables, but weeds grow. I mean, 
And you don't even know where they come from. And that's just how it is in this world. Our world is so full of sin and just sick, disgusting things. You don't have to do anything for your life to get filled with junk. But you have to do a lot of work to keep it out. And the same thing applies with the regular garden. same thing applies spiritually. We've got to clear the ground. Also, the fourth thing you need to do is improve the soil. Invariably, soil needs a boost. Uh, so the solution is simple. Organic matter. Add a 2-3 to three inch layer of compost, decayed leaves, dried grass clippings, or old manure. I mean, there's things that you can do to kind of help the ground. I remember when we, uh, we used to live at a farmhouse that had a lot of cows. And you know what? With cows comes some good fertilizer. I remember my dad had some things that he was growing and he went out to the cow pasture with a shovel and got some stuff that most people would not want to mess with. But you know what? It was hey, that was good for the, that was good for planting. That was something that was good. It was good fertilizer. And you know what? We need to do good works and we need to be a help to people so they can grow. Listen, that we've on purpose, we've got to do things, we've got to try to add things to people's life. We need to be a blessing. And it will help it'll help others grow. We've got to do this, church. We're gonna have people that are gonna come through here that are lost. We need to give them the gospel so they can get saved. When they get saved, they're gonna be newborn babes in Christ. They need to grow spiritually. They're gonna need help. We all need that. And and we do that by good works. As a church, we don't use we should not have the attitude of we want to use people to build a church. I stole the statement, by the way. We don't use people to build a church, but we use the church to build people. And that ought to be our goal, is that when we look at people, not as, oh man, they could be a help to us. We ought to look at folks when they come in as, man, we could be a help to them. We can help, we can add some good things to their life. We can add that spiritual fertilizer so they can grow. You know, sometimes we just get this attitude. Maybe somebody comes in, they've never been to church before, they've got problems in their life, they've got some baggage that they're carrying. We look at them as just kind of a pain in the neck and a problem. Well, why don't we look at ourselves as maybe somebody that could be a help to those people? Somebody who can be an encouragement and help them grow. Improve the soil. Let me tell you something. Rock Falls, Sterling Rock Falls area, just like much of Illinois and a lot of America, it's not the best ground in the world spiritually, is it? It's not. There's a lot of junk. It's uh, when you when you try to witness to people. I mean, there's so many distractions and things. It's really hard. I mean, you try to witness to somebody when they got the television on. Good luck. I remember one time that we had these kids that came on our bus route, just sweet kids. I mean, just precious kids. And me and the bus captain there, we just really had a burden for them and their family. And I was like, you know what? I was like. We need. We're going to go over and witness to them. It's like it's like we are going to give them the plan of salvation, and they are going to get saved. I mean, we we were determined. We wanted these people to get saved. I mean, we we prayed. We were ready to go, and we went guns a blazing. I was going to kind of lead off and give them the plan of salvation, and we went in there, and in their house, their walls are just covered with football memorabilia. I mean, just football everything from every team, just all these football helmet things all over the place. And you know what was on TV at the time? The NFL draft, which is a big thing. You know the big the big draft, and they were and they were like, oh, you know, come on in. You know, they, we were welcome to come visit. You know, like just you know, excuse us. It's the NFL draft, on. we're we're watching this. And, you know, you're welcome to watch it with us and everything. And they were zoned in on that. And I'm there thinking. <laughs> This isn't going to work. <laughs> this isn't going to work. They were nice. They were friendly. They were fine with us being there. But they were focused on that television. 
What are we going to do? <laughs> didn't, didn't work. Didn't really get any... Not long after that, some horrible stuff happened in their family. They ended up getting kicked out of their house. I mean, it was just... It was a mess. Guy ended up going to jail. I mean, it was... And we were wishing we... It's like, man, wish we could have done it. But you know what? The ground just wasn't very good. And it is hard sometimes to win people to Christ. But you know what? That doesn't mean we can't do something to improve the soil. Those cornfields you see out there where corn seems to grow so good and so easy. Those fields didn't always look like that. There used to be trees and stumps and bright stones and things out in those fields, but somebody went through there and they cleared the ground and every year it got a little better and now they grow. Seems seems very easy to us. Maybe not to them. We don't do the work, but that's the way we got to improve the soil. Colossians two six says, "As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving." God wants us to get. He wants us to get rooted. You know, it's it's bad when people are kind of just jumping around all the time. You know, they're Baptist one week, Catholic the next week, Jehovah's Witness the next week. That doesn't work out real good, especially for your kids. Boy, people that are like that, just constantly changing, their kids say, forget it, I don't want any of it. It's so important that you get somewhere and you just get rooted. I mean, you get established in the faith. And that's what He said for them to do. And He said, do it as you've been taught. Somebody was telling them how to do it. Somebody was teaching them. Somebody was helping them. Somebody's improving the soil spiritually. And that's exactly what they did. And then the fifth thing that you need to do is dig. It says, digging loosens the soil so roots can penetrate more easily. But digging when the soil is too wet or too dry can ruin its structure. Dig only when the soil is moist enough to form a loose ball in your fist, but dry enough to fall apart. When you drop, you know what? Digging's a lot of work, isn't it? Digging takes a lot of effort. Digging's hard work. I've always told people, he's like, you know what? I would dig ditches for a living, and I would do it with a big smile on my face. It paid me $100 an hour. <laughs> Minimum wage? Probably not. That's a lot of work. That's hard. I mean, you'll get sore after you're done. And the truth is, I mean, that, what it all comes down to with all this stuff, it just takes work. It takes hard work. It takes long work. These things don't happen overnight. I would be nervous if after a year and a half we were already a mega church. I'd be like, wait a minute. <laughs> this isn't usually the way it works. This is especially in the right uh, in the right way. I've never heard of I just you know I've heard of some churches before. There's one fellow that's out there who has helped start some churches before, and on their first service They've had over a thousand people. It's like, how did he do that? Well, he's a big name, and what he just does is he goes into town, and everybody hears this big name is there, and everybody comes to hear him. And guess where all these people come from? All the other churches in town, where people are already at. And it's like, it's like, man, you didn't start anything. It's like you got, you need to go and. I mean, it, it takes work. It doesn't work that easy. At least a good church, the right kind that God wants. Helping people grow spiritually takes a lot of time and effort. Nobody ever said that this would be easy. Nobody ever said it was going to be easy for you to grow spiritually. Jeremiah 4.3 For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground and sow not among the thorns. Break up your fallow ground. 
The, that means the hearts, what that's about, the hearts of the Jews are compared to untilled ground, covered with thorns and unfit to receive good seed. And he's telling them, you've got, to, you've got to break it up. You've got to start up. That's a lot of work. Thank the Lord today, we've got tillers. But even those things are a lot of work. I've done one of those before for my wife's garden. But man, I'm glad if I had to do that all by hand, I'd probably be in a lot better shape than I am. But I'm I'm glad we don't do it. But you know what? Spiritually, I mean, the same things apply. It takes work. And then the sixth thing you need to do pick your plants. Some people pour over catalogs for months. Some people head to the garden center and buy what wows them. Either method works. If you choose plants adapted to your climate, your soil, and the amount of sunlight in your garden, you can even surf the internet for plants to purchase. We're only really looking for one thing around here. For one kind of people, we want one kind of people in this church. Oh, isn't that kind of, you know, exclusive? Isn't that, uh, what's, I mean, what's wrong with that there? Well, the only people we're looking for, the only ones we want are the only ones that Jesus can help. Know who those people are sinners. That's it. Luke 5.31, Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So wait a minute, are there some folks that don't need repentance? Are there some people that are already righteous? No, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees here. The Pharisees, they thought because of their how religious they were, they thought because of all their good works that they did, they thought that they were okay. They thought that they were fine. And you know what? Jesus could not help those Pharisees. He could not help them. They needed to realize that they were a sinner. And He was trying to use this to show them that, hey, you're a sinner. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not planning on going to the hospital today. You know why? I'm not sick. I feel fine. Why would I go hang out at the hospital? Why would I go asking for medicine when I feel fine? I'm not going to do it. And the truth is, there's a lot of people out there that spiritually, they are sick, but they don't realize it. They don't understand that they have a sin problem. They don't think that they need a Savior. They don't think they need Jesus Christ. They think their works are good enough. And you know what? You can't help somebody like that. I mean, You can try to convince them that they're a sinner, but until they come to that realization, you can't help them at all. I tell you, I... I like. I think it's good for people to do good works. I hope. I hope you try your best. But I hope you always remember that you're still a sinner. I don't want perfect people or people who think they're perfect to come to this church. They're a pain in the neck. I've known, I've known some of them. They are a pain in the neck. And you know what you find out about those people? They're as sorry as anybody. I think they're the worst ones. And you just there's nothing you can do. They come in, boy. They just. They think they're so spiritual. They think they're high and mighty. And even Jesus didn't mess with those people. We're after sinners around here. We don't ever want to have the attitude. Somebody comes in here and they got some problems in their life and is like, sorry, you're too rotten for us. It's like, I don't know, I don't know if you can handle our church. We shouldn't have that attitude. We are trying to reach sinners. Those are the, those are the plants that we're looking for. Those are the only ones that we're interested. We're not looking, you know, like with flowers and things. I mean, you know, I'm kind of intimidated. Miss Kathleen's here. I know she knows a lot more about this stuff than I do. I've seen her house and her garden, so I know she could probably preach this message better than me when it comes to the planting. But, I mean, she's got some beautiful flowers there. There's some flowers. It's, it's all about the looks. I mean, that's why you want them. They're pretty. There's some things you plant because there's food. 
that you get. I mean, there's there's different reasons. And you know, sometimes churches they're interested in getting all the pretty people. They're interested in getting all the all the fancy stuff. We're not thinking about that. We're looking for sinners, people that Jesus can save, people that that God can take, transform their lives, and use them in a great way. They're not always pretty. They're not always fancy. They don't always impress people. But it's what we're interested in. Those are the plants that we're going to pick. And then number seven, we need to put them in the ground. Some plants, such as pansies, you know, there's a lot of pansies in the church these days, <laughs> and kale, tolerate cold so you can plant them in autumn or late winter. I mean, there's all kinds of different plants for different things. But one thing that we need to do is we need to get we see people get saved. And not just see them get saved, but then make them a part of the church. You know, it's an easy one of the things it says here. An easier method to buy young is to buy young plants called set plants or transplants. Just dig a hole and plunk them in the ground. That kind of reminds me why it's so important to get folks while they're young. I'm thankful for the kids that we have here. You know how beneficial it is going to be for them to, from a young age, to, to grow up in the house of God and being taught the things of God. And King's kids, you know, they're learning the Scriptures. That is going to help them get some good, strong roots so these kids can grow spiritually in a good way. It is so important. But we need to get people saved. And then we don't want them to just get saved and then say, alright, you're on your own now. We want to make them a part of our church. We want them to become a member of the church. We want to see folks getting baptized. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Why do we want to baptize them? Baptism, it identifies you with Christ. It identifies you with His church. And it's something, and it's something that people do, uh, as partly to become a part of the church of God. So we don't just stop by seeing them get saved. We want them to get baptized. We want them to become, uh, we want to start teaching them all things. I don't know about you, I've been going to church since I was born. I've been going to church since before I was born. My mom sat with me in the pew pregnant. And that's how long I've been going to church. And you know what? I haven't learned all things yet. I haven't learned it all yet. Nobody has. We've got folks been going to church here even, I mean, longer, wait, probably twice as long as I've been alive, maybe. And you know what? You haven't learned it all yet. It's something that you continually do, and you do it in the house of God, in your local church, you become a part of that. You get, you get established in it. And you need, it's, uh, you put them in the ground. That's what we want. We want people to be a part of this church. We want this church to grow with people and in membership because that is the job of the local church. See them get saved, baptize them, and teach them to observe all things. And so you gotta get them in the ground. And then number eight, this one's pretty obvious water. You gotta water those plants. Seedlings should never dry out. So water daily while they are small. You know, when somebody first gets saved, the newer Christians, do they especially need? Everybody needs it. I mean, all plants, they need that water. And one of the things that we want to do is immerse people in the Word of God. It says here, it says to minimize evaporation, water early in the morning. It's good to water your plants early in the morning, it says. You know what? It's good to get in the Word of God early in the morning. It's a good way to start your day. 
in the Word of God. Read, reading your Bible. Immerse people in the Word of God. Said, I got my message today. I'll admit, I got it from Better Homes and Gardens. But you know what? I wasn't doing a message without some Scripture. Because Better Homes and Gardens, it might help you plant a good garden, but it's the Word of God that will help your life. It's the Word of God that will help you spiritually. And we want to immerse people in the Word of God. A song I love to hear, it says, it's a well of pure water when I'm thirsty and dry, bread when I'm hungry and worn. When the battle is raging, it's my faithful sword, a shelter from life's troubled storms. It's a light to my pathway, a lamp to my feet when the world gets so dark you can't see. And I've not made a change in one word that it says, but it sure made a change in me. It's this blessed old book that I hold in my hand. It's true from beginning to end. This Bible, it will, it's, it's our water that we can go to and we can keep on getting a drink. Sometimes I'll joke with my kids. They'll say, I'm thirsty. So you had a drink yesterday. I'm hungry. You guys ate yesterday. You're fine. No, that's not enough. It's not enough to just eat or drink. Once or twice a week. We need it every day. And boy, it's good to come to church. And I hope you get something from it. But I hope you're getting something throughout the week too. I hope I hope you get in your Bible. I hope you read it. I hope you study. I hope you pray. There's, there's water here. And if you're going to grow, you've got to have water. Our plants around here, I think they're probably pretty good right now with the water with all the rain that we had this week. But you know, spiritually, I wonder how many people didn't have a drink of water all week. It's very dangerous. But then the ninth thing, ninth step, mulch. Mulch says to keep weeds out and water in. Cover the soil with a couple inches of mulch. You know, if we don't add some good things in our life, the bad's going to get in. We've got. It's not enough to just get rid of the bad things. I've heard of people that are like, I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of all. They, they'll go do the house clean. They'll go get rid of all the junk music. They'll get rid of the bad movies and things. But they don't replace it with anything. And you know what usually happens? They go get it again. My dad talks about when he was a teenager. He had a bunch of rock music, eight tracks. He talks about. I don't even know what those things are. <laughs> but he, he had he had eight tracks, of, a lot of rock music, and he. Heard a message about rock music and he got convicted and he got rid of all of it. He threw it all away. But he didn't replace it with anything. And he said, you know what he did? He went and he bought it all again. <laughs> bought it all again. You've got to replace it with something. It's not enough to just give up the bad friends. You need to get some good friends. It's not enough to just get rid of the bad music. You've got to listen to the good music. It's not enough to get rid of the bad activities. You need to replace it with some good activities. If you get busy in the things of God, if you get involved around the house of God, it's going to be harder for you to, for that other junk to get in your life. A lot of the junk that people get caught up in these days, I thank God, I just don't have time for it. I'm too busy with other things. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that mess. And that's how we ought to be. Let me tell you, if you're if you, when you get idle, that's when you get in trouble. Boy, kids, you got to keep kids busy, keep them active, otherwise they get themselves in trouble. I'm thankful for our, in our new house we got a real big yard. Everybody knows now. Well, it's going to take a long time to mow. I was like, you know what? That's going to be something to keep my boys out of trouble for quite a while every week. It's going to be good for them. I don't want them idle. I don't want them just sitting around playing video games all day when they do that. Man, then they, at night they get all hyper and are out of control and get in trouble. I mean, you got to get some good things in life. Mulch. And that, but if we don't add some good things, the bad's going to get in. Colossians 
Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You know, this singing that we do in church, it's supposed to help get some good things in our head. I mean, there's been many times the songs that we've sung in church, the hymns, or maybe somebody sings a special in church. I've got that song in my head for the next few days. I do. Songs, songs do that to you. And you know what? It's, when it's a good song, that's a good thing. Have you ever heard a bad song out there? Maybe one and it's just in your head, or maybe just an annoying song. Every time I, every time I listen to the radio and that stupid 1877 Cars for Kids commercial song comes on, I just <clears throat> turn off. I hate that song. It just drives me crazy. That's not, not bad. It just bugs me. It's annoying. And it gets stuck in my head and I'll catch myself singing it. I don't want to sing that song. I don't like it. <laughs> no, no, please don't. I don't, I, won't, I don't want to stick it in your head. I don't want to do that to you. My, my kids sometimes I'll, they'll you know they'll start laughing whenever they hear that song because they know it just drives me crazy. It's an annoying song. There's other and there's other songs that just drive me crazy. But you know what? I will be singing them. That stupid sweetjack.com with the dog barking. I'll, I'll be singing that one sometime and just stupid things. But you know what? We get around the house of God and you're hearing all that good stuff and it's going to get in your head. It's going to get in your head. And we need to do that. But then the last thing. Tenth point real quick and we're done. Keep it up. With the garden, you just got, you got to keep at it. You don't just try it one time and then give up. You've got to keep it up. You've got to keep working on it. You know what? You're going to, you're going to get better at it. You're, it's, going to, it's, going to get, it's going to get easier. You have to stay vigilant. So keep it up. Your garden is on its way. Keep watering when needed. Pull weeds before they get big. Fertilize with dry fertilizer about halfway through the season. If you use liquid fertilizer, fertilize every month or so. And remember to stop and smell the well, whatever you grow. And you know what? Just, just keep, we just gotta keep it up around here. I believe we're doing things right here. And we need to keep it up. Some things are gonna take some time. We just gotta stay faithful. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. If you're wondering, it seems like it's taken a long time for the Lord to bless me in my life. It seems like it's taken a long time for some things to happen. Well, you're not the only one that's ever felt that way before. Because way back in Galatians, when Paul's writing to those people, I imagine they were feeling that way a little bit, and he told them, he said, in verse, chapter 6 verse 9, and let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep at it. Keep on going. And we're going to see, we're going to reap some great things. We're going to be bringing those sheaves in. We will come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. We've already seen some exciting things. We've got, we have a lot to rejoice about. But you know what? One of the things I've noticed in my life, I've seen God do some great things. But every time I see God do something great, you know what? It just, I want to see it again. I'll, I'll, it, I enjoy it. Have you ever seen somebody do something amazing? Like maybe in a basketball game or something, somebody does an amazing dunk and what do they keep doing? They keep showing it over and over again. They keep showing it in slow motion. People want to see it again because it was neat. And when you see God do something great, you're just going to get hungry for it even more and want to keep seeing God do great things and just God will keep amazing you. Because that's who He is and that's what He wants to do. So let's all stand together. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning.